You are listening to AnswerCast. Hello and welcome to AnswerCast, a series of insightful conversations with leaders who are shaping the new world with their expertise and passion for technology, innovation, customer experience, global business models, marketing, strategy, and much more. Hi, this is Smita Hemige, Head of Marketing Answer. Thank you, Frank Crossan, CMO Northern Tool and Equipment, for your time today. Welcome to today's episode of AnswerCast, where one can get all their answers. Frank, could you please introduce yourself and Northern Tool and Equipment? Happily. Well, thanks, thanks Smita, for uh, having me on the podcast today. I couldn't be more excited to be here. Uh, like you said, I'm the CMO of Northern Tool and Equipment, and I've been in this role for just, just over six months, so relatively new in role. Um, prior to that, uh, you know, I've spent my entire career um, in a variety of roles, all in, in retail businesses. So uh, prior to joining Northern Tool, I spent five years with Best Buy. Uh, I was the CMO there. And um, before that, I was the head of marketing at Guitar Center for uh, a couple of years. And then way, way prior to that, uh, I spent about 15 years uh, uh, with Target in a variety of roles across merchandising and marketing. Um, as far as... Uh, Northern Tool and Equipment. We're actually a family-owned business. We're on our uh, second generation of ownership. So uh, our owners are uh, two uh, gentlemen whose father was actually the founder of the business uh, back in the early 80s. And um, and he grew up on a scrapyard in northern Minnesota and learned just uh, entrepreneurialism and an appreciation for kind of the tough work that happens in an environment like that. And, and I think that drove a lot of how he created and built the business over time. So our purpose uh, that, we're, that we're aligned to um, adamantly across the organization is expressed as really to honor and serve people who do the tough jobs. Thanks, Frank. Um, I'm sure you you will agree that the role of the CMO has changed dramatically in recent years. And in the past, we've predominantly seen CMOs being responsible for brand management and advertising. But however, um, I think that role's kind of morphed. And I think the ask is to be an expert now, along with all of the above, also to add digital marketing, data analytics, and customer experience into the mix. And I think it's CMOs are not just thinking about building brand, but they have KPIs and OKRs and they play a fairly critical role when, you know, you're looking at driving business growth as well as innovation. And um, the ask is also to understand the needs of the customers as well as develop marketing strategies that can meet them and which need to be fairly agile as well. And to do all of that, I think the intent is to also look at building high-performing teams that can help and support the goals that you have here. In today's edition of AnswerCast, Frank and I are going to be talking just about this, which is the ever-changing role of the CMO. And what we're getting to see is CMOs who stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing landscape of marketing will be best positioned to help their businesses succeed. We've got a well-seasoned CMO on our edition today. So let's dive right in. So Frank, what are your views and perspectives when we talk about the evolution of the CMO's role? How do you think this role has evolved over years? And what do you think are the driving forces behind these changes? 
Well, I think Smith, you did a great job of summarizing it to start with. You know, certainly since I started my career, the CMO role has evolved to include a much, much broader range of skills and understanding. Um, I'm not quite old enough, thankfully, uh, to have started in the Mad Men era, but you know, at the same time, uh, there's been a shift uh, beyond this sort of you know fixation on simply you know this combination of creative genius and splashy media placements. Uh, and the, the business has evolved in a lot of ways. And the emphasis now includes just a lot more focus on data, analytics, and technology. I would say, you know, the most prevalent example in my career, having been in retail uh, is the, for my entire career, is the evolution from print media to digital media. You know, in each of the four companies I've led marketing teams with, this transition from weekly or monthly print marketing to targeted digital messaging um, it's been a huge part of the work, and that's not just, you know, tactically making those shifts, um, but really culturally making them as well. And so that's one example of, of how the work has evolved to something that was, you know, a little bit more, you know, to some degree easier to get your arms around um, to a spot uh, that requires a lot more data, a lot more sophistication. Um, and so from my perspective, the CMO of, of today and tomorrow um, really needs to have a good appreciation for the balance between art and science and really put their focus on merging the two. You asked about the driver, uh, probably goes without saying, but the biggest driver is just this massive evolution of digital technology um, and the data that, that results from that. And so, I don't know, you know, I feel like it just, it opens up a ton of opportunities for us to interact with our customers in different ways and in different places, um, which is really exciting. Um, but it also makes it really important that you zero in on who you are, who your customer is, um, and how you want to reach those customers. So a great example uh, from Northern Tools Business is just uh, our opportunity for personalizing our messages. Um, we serve around 3 million customers in any given year, but we think our addressable market is over 30 million. So on the one hand, uh, we have this potential to expand our market by 10x, um, while still being most relevant to a relatively focused share of the U.S. population. Uh, you know, I always say this, which is like, we don't need to be all things to all people to drive really, really big growth. And so, like I said earlier, our customers are generally people who work in the trades or this trades-oriented mindset. And so how we use technology, how we use data to reach people based on the trade that they work in or the trade that they're interested in, whether that's automotive, construction, agriculture, um, and then speak to them in a way that reflects what's important to that trade is really, really important. And so overall, I just think, you know, the sophistication of marketing and, and the practice today, um, it's just increased exponentially. Frank, you made an extremely interesting statement, which was talking about balancing between art and science. And if we were to take that as a segue and, and look at how the two of them were coming together, what do you think are like the most significant trends that are going to shape your responsibilities and priorities as a CMO today? Yeah, you know, if you view, if you accept that the role of the CMO is a, is first and foremost a leadership role, um, I think one of the most important things is really to kind of fight this this perceived need to pick between art or science. I've I, I've seen you know so much change over the past you know, 25 years. And then so many times I feel like folks tend to try to defend one camp or defend the other when the reality is you really can't succeed 
without blending the two. And so, um, you know, again, you get to this broad range of things, whether it's the art, more art sort of oriented side or the more science oriented side, either way, there's this really broad um, area of responsibility that you need to lead. And so I think you also need to fight this need or this desire to prove that you're an expert at everything. And so, you know, it seems simple to say, it's an easy thing to say, um, but the reality is we're all human. We all get insecure at times. And I do get this sense um, often that, that we're put in positions where A, we're either kind of feeling like we need to defend the art side or defend the science side, or we're, we're, we're needing to act like we're, uh, you know, an expert across every single area of marketing. Um, in fact, I think we need to be the expert in understanding how the art and the science connect to benefit the customer um, and keep from, and keep the work from folk, uh, fixating on these like individual elements versus how they come together. Um, and then I think, you know, as a, as a leader in marketing, uh, you need to be an expert at, at building the team who does have that expertise in each individual area and really trusting them to use their expertise for the benefit of business. That's extremely interesting. And to shift gears a little, and I think you did speak about how we need to strive and achieve that balance. And if we were to be talking about capability that organizations need to build, how does the CMO decide what capabilities does one want to build in-house to what do you want to give the agency, which is core versus non-core? And how does this balance then come into play because there are elements that we don't want to be building in-house, right? It doesn't make any sense, um, logical sense or business sense to be having them in-house. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, uh, there are a lot of factors, obviously, to consider, one of which I've had to consider recently, just given the shape and size of the companies I've been at versus the one I'm at now is the size of your company, right? Um, you have a capability in a big Fortune 100 company to do more things potentially in-house than you might at a smaller company. Um, but I think it's really important is to zero in on what's most important for your particular business and what's the work that truly gives you a competitive advantage, right? And, and so I think about doing the things in-house that I need to really make sure are connected to the brand, to the business, to the team. Um, and, and really those things that, like I said, um, our core to our competitive advantage. And then you have to ask yourself, you know, amongst everything else, what are you truly positioned to do well versus what maybe you wish you could do well? And so um, this notion of some level of pragmatism as you choose which functions to take in-house and which ones to, to partner, you know, externally on um, is to be really realistic about, you know, what are the barriers to being great at a particular function? Is it a capability you know you'll need consistently or you might need, you know, might, might the need be more uneven? Um, and then probably maybe most importantly, can you get the talent and can you keep the talent um, required to be truly great at, at a certain capability? And in asking all those questions, um, I tend to land in spots that can get me focused on what are the things I want to be great at? Um, truly great at and have the capability to be great at and maybe focus those more on the in-house side of things um, and look for partnerships on the other side of it. That's interesting. And, you know, which kind of then brings me to the next thing that I thought we should discuss, which is while, you know, you've identified and you know what's core and critical to the business and also identifying what one can truly be great at, how can you then make the collective use of talent that's spread across the world? 
you've not been new to building marketing coes globally you've done this in the past what's your view on setting up these coes which are placed far away you've got teams uh you know which work in tandem with your teams um in country who have a lot more customer facing you know roles and responsibilities how do you think this whole marketing coe plays out in this case yeah another great question you know uh, you, you mentioned i'm not new to to working with global teams um and yes i've learned a lot uh but the work that you know through the work that i've been involved in but also work that i've been around and work you know philosophies and and best practices i've learned from others i would say one thing that comes up really frequently is to really think about uh, the benefit of offering the gcc arm of your team the opportunity to really drive results by owning end to end responsibilities i think you know it is as companies mature in their use of global teams and their partnership and building their teams globally um it often starts with sort of um delegating of tasks to an overseas overseas team and quickly you recognize um that if you've hired the right team and you've got the right talent um globally this notion of giving them end to end responsibilities um can really propel you forward in a much much faster way and then you can put your focus um on really building a strong connection between the teams across locations um I also think tactically, you know, it it allows for you to use the time difference um to your advantage. Uh retail is a really great example of that. We have so much data on our results that's flowing in on a monthly, weekly, daily, even hourly basis. Um and this is true across merchandising, marketing, e-commerce, um and oftentimes what you see is a person a team, you know, in the US arrives at work and they have all this data and they spend tons and tons of time um often multiple people looking at the same data and interpreting it all to kind of get to a point where they're ready to potentially do something about the data and i actually believe there's a huge opportunity in retail for us teams to arrive for a day of work with the prior days or prior weeks results already analyzed and interpreted and um, by the other arm of their team uh if you have a center of excellence in that type of subject matter and in fact oftentimes um interpreted in a more sophisticated way um and so when this is done well uh, i think the di- the difference is really this shift from interpreting the business and managing the business to truly driving it um and so like i said when you empower uh, a team on a different time zone to really really kind of end to end um not just pull the data for you but interpret it and suggest what it might mean um and you and you then sort of use that um to get going on any given day week or month um from a us standpoint it can be really really powerful thanks frank um my last question is something that i wanted to ask you was if we were to look into a crystal ball and winnerly at the end of 2023 what do you think are the trends in consumer martech and new capability that cmos need to invest over the next couple of years and you know where would you put your marketing dollars across new emerging tech yeah i mean maybe i'll talk a little bit more about focus versus dollars i mean of course there's so many hot topics right now you know that you can read about that will show up as the headline of of any given you know marketing conversation marketing conference marketing gathering whether it be obviously ai is the hottest 
Um, you could talk about user-generated content, influencer marketing. Again, personalization has been one that we've been talking about for years, but still um, is not optimized in most organizations or even something like privacy, right? We could probably do, you know, any of these could be an entire podcast on their own, but there's actually a couple of things beyond those individual elements that I actually think are really important. And, and the first is this notion of, of putting the customer above everything else. So customer orientation and just like, again, fighting the pull to fixate on the outcome of any individual tactic versus fixating on satisfying customers, which actually is what leads to the best outcomes. Um, this one might be a bit cliche, but I still believe that this sort of say-do ratio on customer orientation um, is still way off in most companies. And so I think any company from a marketing standpoint or just in general um, who succeeds over the next you know, few years and beyond has to continue to really push the boundaries of, of are they truly putting their customer first and is that leading sort of each of their thought processes, strategies, et cetera. Um, the second thing that, that I think about from a marketing standpoint is absolutely crucial as I talk to peers, as I look across the industry, as I evaluate my own experience, um, is just investing in the ability um, to both understand the impact of marketing on financial results, um, but even more importantly, making sure that the way that impact is measured um, is aligned upon across the entire leadership team and organization. Um, I've learned this over time, you know, and, and I will tell you, I spend as much time as possible um, talking through my marketing approach uh, with my CEO, with my peers, whether that be the head of merchandising, the head of retail or my CFO um, as partners um, and really just working on being as transparent as possible about how I'm approaching you know, each element of my business, there's so much ambiguity in marketing. And I think that how you measure results, what's no, how you talk about what's knowable, what's directionally knowable, what's completely unknowable, um, and have upfront conversations about that um, is just crucial. And then, you know, similarly, in terms of all the different ways we can reach customers today, there's, there are a million kind of shiny objects out there, new trends to chase all the time. And so, really talking through with your peers, with your team, with your boss, you know, which ones you're choosing to pursue, which ones you're not going to pursue and why. And, and I think, you know, truly being open to debate on those fronts and having good, thorough conversations about them um, while making sure you're decisive and, and ultimately you trust um, your own point of view and, and, and put the accountability on your own shoulders to make the best decisions possible. But I think that, you know, this sort of partnership I see time and time again, even where the ideas are the right ideas, the approaches, the strategies are the right ones. If there's not alignment across um, leadership teams and cross-functional teams, a disproportionate amount of time is spent um, sort of anecdotally debating what, what should be done, what shouldn't be done, what's worked, what hasn't worked, et cetera. Um, and ultimately, as marketers, we want to be viewed and we need to be viewed as true drivers of the business, truly accountable for financial results. And I believe, you know, through experience, the only way to do that um, is through just a lot of mutual conversation and being as transparent as possible about the marketing approach and, and the questions therein. Um, and then, you know, back to above it all, I guess, to do that, I think you really have to kind of if I link back to this conversation about 
trusting your teams, admitting you're not an expert in everything, admitting that the moment you become an expert in something, it changes. I think investing in curiosity, listening, learning, um, and engaging and connecting with your teams, uh, and, and even more so uh, connecting with your customers is, is above all sort of the most important thing that folks should be focused on today and, and will all need to be focused on uh, in the coming years. Thanks, Frank. I think that was an extremely interesting conversation. There were many things that, you know, I kind of took back where you spoke about how over these uh, last 25 years, especially being associated with retail CPG organizations, how you've seen the evolution from print to digital media and, you know, how the shift has been on having a lot of emphasis on underlying data analysis as well as technology. I think we spoke about in detail around the fine balance that organizations or CMOs need to kind of put in place between art and science. Um, I think that's a big, powerful statement for me to take back. I think engaging with customers through multiple channels and ensuring that you're able to create that degree of customer centricity was another thing that uh, you, know, you spoke about and how the sophistication has been greater than ever. And I think you also spoke about what one should be really great at and zero in on what's most important to the business and what will create competitive advantage and create teams around these areas, which is going to be super helpful uh, while ensuring that you've got a great partner who will kind of come and support the other areas. You did talk about how, you know, if organizations have a global capability center in a place like India, which has access to great talent, how can they actually go back to drive a lot more results or value from here? It's about hiring the right kind of team. It's ensuring that they have end-to-end -end responsibility. How can they go back to also use the time zone advantage to help interpret, manage, and drive a lot of the data and insights which will help in building meaningful conversations with clients for the business. I think in the end, you kind of summed it up with three key takeaways. You spoke about how organizations need to put customer above everything else, and that's when it helps you to lead to better outcomes. It's about uh, talking about creating that partnership alignment between your CEO as well as the rest of your peer group. Uh, so that you are then set up for success. You're socializing the impact that marketing can create and its impact back on financial you know, results, which is going to be key and critical. And that can only be achieved if you are able to then come together as a group. And I think all of this is needs to be supported by high-performing teams, which means how do you trust teams? How do you invest? How do you invest in curiosity, listening and learning, as well as listening to customers? I think everything else is incidental. It could be user-generative AI or, or content or influencer marketing or privacy or any of the new shiny thing. But I think these three things, if you have fundamentally in place, I think those could be game-changing for organizations, um, especially for CMOs who are driving their business and business outcomes. So thank you today for coming and spending time and speaking to me. And I think our listeners can take back a whole host of knowledge and information and insights that can help them be better prepared to manage their businesses tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for tuning in. 
Please join us again for an exciting conversation with yet another leader answering the unanswered questions. Follow us on our social channels for the latest updates.